Welcome to Clock Out, the Vicarious Life Podcast. This is for the mavericks of the world who are embracing freedom and discovering purpose. Need a surge of inspiration? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Tracy Miller, a free-spirited, joy-seeking entrepreneur who is on a mission to find like-minded, open-hearted freebirds to share their stories of triumph, struggle, and inspiration. Until you're ready for your own adventure, let's clock out and live vicariously through others who have blazed the trail. Welcome to the next episode of Clock Out, The Vicarious Life. Today, as always, I am so excited because I am interviewing Martin Haristo, and he is a modern mystic, a yogi, a biohacker, a philosopher, and a scholar. He has dedi- is dedicated his life to exploring the furthest boundaries of human potential. He comes to us by way of Bulgaria and is now living, residing, and doing amazing purposeful work in Santa Monica, California. Welcome, Martin. How are you? I'm doing great, Tracy. Thanks for having me on the show. It's always a great privilege to be able to share my knowledge and inspire others to to walk the path of of exploring their infinite potential and uh, what that means for them and so on. Yeah, absolutely. So that that gives me a little bit of a background as to why people describe you as a modern mystic, a yogi, a biohacker, etc. Um, tell me what that means. What is this purpose that you're trying to help others discover? Well, what it means is really, uh, to, to put it simply into everyday words, is getting outside of what the popular prescription for, let's say, happiness, success, or what we should be pursuing and looking at those places that the senses are incapable of showing or fell short on giving us evidence of the existence of something, something greater beyond what we can perceive on the, on the, through the sense plane. And going deeper and chase, I won't say chasing, but really through experience, now, it all always starts by you stumbling upon some interesting information. You read something, you're inspired, and you're like, wow, this is kind of interesting. I resonate with this message. Where is that rabbit hole going to take me? Then you turn, you turn it, this knowledge or an understanding into direct experience. Now you have a revelation. Now you no longer need to believe in certain things that are kind of unaccepted in the mainstream society or science or all these things, even though there is now plenty of scientific evidence for a lot of these, uh, let's put it this way, mystical realms or higher realms of consciousness and existence of energy and so on. So it's just going down that rabbit hole from this place of curiosity because my story, how I stumbled upon that or how I got into it is like never on this like material, no material pursuit accolade or achievement could ever satisfy me in a sense it never gave me a lasting sense of joy of happiness of fulfillment or meaning or like a lasting sense of purpose that I'm living a life with the true meaning that you know eventually I don't feel like I've wasted away because I can study the lives of all these people that have done great material achievements in the world and you know looking at them most of them at the end of the day they you know, they did their lives end in desperation because they still haven't reached anything pursuing these things, whether it was, you know, conquerors trying to conquer the world or builders or billionaires. So you name it. It just, it's a, it's a 
a hamster wheel with no cheat at the end. You just keep spinning the, the wheel, but <laughs> there's no, nothing in the end that really gives you the sense of like, oh, I have arrived, so to speak. And sure. following down the rabbit hole, I stumbled upon different uh, experiences and so on and so on that really brought this into my life. And the deeper you go, the more you're curious of what's out there and you start to live and experience and see life from a very different perspective, which opens you to realms that normally you have a disclosed mind towards. And again, this is not something that is promoted or is, uh, to put it in other words, uh, nobody is encouraged to pursue those paths. Everybody's encouraged to follow into the well, the, the, well-prescribed path and just kind of like exist in this what i call it in live a life of, of quite media desperation and mediocrity just mm-hmm. looking for little things to grasp upon to, whether it's for joy whether it's whether it's for peace whether it's for something else just always going out there again and we live in this consumer society where it's all we've been conditioned ever since our birth to consume things to go outside ourselves to look for something mm. to make us feel a certain way within which is the biggest uh, 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 full, full, uh, um, full sense or like the biggest uh, lie there is mm-hmm. because we experience everything within because I'm going to ask the, the audience right now stop rambling for a moment and ask the audience to really like and when i say this it might sound very simple but when i say it, think of it like really think about it when where do you hear me right now where do we hear you right now we within our brain within our head within our mind exactly all human experience is happening within you yes. you see things within you you hear things within you sense things within you, smell things within you, and so on. So nothing of this so-called human experience of reality is actually happening out there, out there somewhere. It's all happening within. Yes. It's us being conditioned through this upbringing, of, through this society, the marketing, the advertising, and so on, and various different agendas, whether it's politically, again, it's all economically driven to look for things outside of ourselves to make us feel things within when it's actually within our capability to feel those things at will without having to go out there, out there and look for middlemen, so to speak. You can have direct access of those states of, of, of joy, of peace, of love, of whatever it is that you're looking for because one thing I've discovered as, as an expert in human behavior as one of my uh, areas of studies that I've over the years dedicated many years so, uh, of researching in order to be able to help my clients when they're going through a transformation and transition of to navigate the journey better and more successfully and not stumble upon all the little potholes or little, you know, potential minds along the way that we are conditioned to pursue certain things because we expect for those things to make us feel a certain way when we look at human behavior it's always driven about how i want to feel at the end right and it usually revolves around 
feeling an elevated state of emotion, whether it's happiness, whether it's peace, whether it's satisfaction, whether it's excitement, whatever it is. We do these things. We go out there, look for them. But the key is this is only this is a uh, ineffective programming that we have installed in our minds through conditioning that if this happens, then I will allow myself to feel that way. Uh-huh. Only if this happens. Even though I can allow myself, if this, if we take this first part of of the of the of kind of like you can call it a what they use in computer language and programming, this uh, specific uh, line of code. If we take away the conditioning or the condition, like if this happens, then so right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we take this off and I I just just decide to be this way, then you can be this at will at any point in time so you can be living in joy you can be living in bliss you can be living in love and all these elevated states of emotion that you want to experience without having to go and do things that doesn't mean now that you should just stay at home and kind of be a turn and turn into a flower living in a (laughs) pot or something like that but now your decisions your all of your activities are not driven from a place of you going out into the world looking to do certain things so you can feel a certain way. Now you are radiating those feelings and you become like this like uh, wildfire that sets everybody on fire because when people can sense that, when they're around somebody who's radiating love, who's radiating peace, who's radiating excitement and all these things, like they, they, they feel it. It's, it's uh, palpable, right? It's, yes. It has its it's very different than when you're around somebody who's needy, right? Who's looking for something to gain and so on. It's just coming from a very different place and the way you can serve others or the value you can offer others or the way you can be in alignment with what potentially can become your, so to speak, relative purpose in your life is, is much stronger and more grounded into higher values, uh, and uh, meaning mm. and and potentially will lead you to the to the right place for you because there is this distinction between what I call ill will or w- 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 the equivalent in other terms would be the ego desires okay. which we've been and what I mean by this the ego is the the mind that we have the conditioned mind the monkey mind that has been conditioned through culture and upbringing to let's say, prefer certain things after others, pursue certain things more than others, Mm. add more value or place more value in certain things versus others, right? Depending on the culture that you have grown in, if you've grown in the Western world, it's predominantly materially based. Now, if you're in some other country, it could be more of a family values or more of a religious values and so on, but it's all conditioning, meaning that these are not your thoughts, they are not your values, they are not your desires, you've just been conditioned to think that they are yours. So you'll pursue these all your life and eventually you'll be successful because in this world everything is cause and effect. If you're putting forward the appropriate cause to achieve a certain effect, you will have the effect. The, the only question is, is once you reach the end and you achieve the effect but you realize too late that this is not something that you really care about or gives you this <laughs> is not what you're looking for you invest all your life you know again to achieve things accumulate things and all these things and yet 
you reach that point and you still feel like something's lacking. What you've been searching all your life is still not there. Yes, absolutely. So that's really, even though it was a long tangent to go upon, this is really what drove me into my journey in pursuing all these unusual paths toward finding purpose, finding fulfillment, finding all these deeper meanings and just purpose of what this game called life we all involved in play on a daily basis is all about and how to play it in the most optimal and fun way. So we can also have fun along the way and at the same time be of help to others and so on. Yes. So many questions. I have filled an entire notebook page of one word things to remind me of things to ask you. Because <laughs> sure, that, sure. that was very well spoken. Um, very, very well spoken. I feel like that was the best summary of everything that I would call what metaphysics or spirituality without a religious organizational religious um, ownership over the top of it. Like that was the best summary of, gosh, just life. <laughs> that was wonderful. So a um, couple questions on that. First of all, um, do you think that eventually all people awaken or are, their eyes are opened and they realize this, you know, it, it maybe at death, that seems to be a lot of times. Do you think all people have this realization or do you think that there's many that pass on and never, ever have this awareness? Well, there's, uh, you know, there's many ways I can address the like I can answer the questions. Like, obviously, on this plane of existence, not obviously, but to a certain degree, it's obvious that on this plane of existence, the physical plane of existence, everything is relative. So throughout the process, just like if we look at nature as an analogy, there is a state of evolution that's going on on the biological level, how all systems are adopting and becoming more effective at their specific specialization so they can excel given the certain certain circumstances and and so on in their nature same is happening within the human consciousness and not just human consciousness but all consciousness because there's consciousness in everything even in atoms there is consciousness because if you look at an atom he has an idea he has a specific set of things he likes to do and certain things that avoids doing and this is can only be the classified as consciousness or obviously a flower for example or any plant for that matter will orient itself towards the sun during the day and when the sun goes down it'll close up or retreat so obviously there is a certain state of intelligence going on there and sure. we all are here all these entities that possess because everything possesses consciousness it's just a different in speaking in relative terms, everything is a different degree of or capacity to carry amount of, of consciousness and not just consciousness, but self-aware consciousness like we humans do, right? We are self-aware that we exist on a day-to-day -day basis and we also have this free will, which allows us to not only live in an instinctual based way where like most animals do their behaviors or so on and so on is driven by instinct which is mostly to to survive eat and procreate mm -hmm. right we have free will that allows us to let's say uh put those on the back burner sometimes and pursue something else and so on so it this journey unfolds in a very magical way and it's it's gonna unfold 
very uniquely to each and every human being to, to speak about humans because, you know, the animal experience is much further away from us in, to, to relate to. But each and every soul is here to grow. Mm. Now, there's definitely different degrees of revelations, of realizations, of awakening, or however you want to put it into words. It's just where you're at right now that would be the appropriate, uh, the word I'm looking for is catalyst. Catalyst that will propel you to the next degree that you basically, the, whatever's going to happen in your life, that's going to catalyze you to move from where you are today to, to the next state of understanding or being or doing. And it could be many ways. Generally speaking, when it comes down to the spiritual path and then opening up to these higher truths, you have to have reached a certain level, let's put it this way, of development on the lower planes, materialistically speaking, and so on and so on. And what I mean by this, you know, your intelligence has to be at a certain degree, your Comforts in life have to be in certain degrees, even though throughout history there have been many renunciates, what would be called people that would go and be uh, like wild men in caves just meditating and doing like inner plane work, mm -hmm. which is great too. But now in our modern world, this is, is more rare and, and becoming more and more rare because of our, of our lifetime. Plus, it's... It, this requires for you to kind of like give up on the world to pursue that where the truth is really being be part of the world live in the world but not be of the world so to speak to again to look at this existence as a game to play it full out and not at the same time with this enlightenment or opening or awakening that happens within you on different degrees the more you and have this direct experience again because if we are like what you mentioned earlier it's great that when I speak about things I, I don't ask you to believe in things I and give you specific tools or point you to specific directions and paths you can follow that you can in a scientific method repeat certain certain behaviors methodologies and so on that will time and time and time again produce certain results. They're repeatable in a scientific method. And once you have it directly in your experience, there's no, no longer need to believe. You don't need to bind somebody's religion or somebody's uh, uh, limited idea or representation or uh, interpretation mm -hmm. of, of, a, of a saint's word because it's, very easy to confuse the words of a spiritual uh, spiritual master or somebody who's functioning on this higher plane to for uh, somebody who has no understanding of symbology of mytho of mythology and like all these uh, uh, allegories that have been used through the centuries. So none of the scripture or the truth that is distillated in all these books could be tainted with or manipulated or in some way is some sort damaged by somebody who has uh, an agenda of control over the masses to whatever degree and his uh, whatever the, the agenda behind it is right because these are powerful powerful ways to and has been used as one of the most powerful ways to organize people and drive them more 
instill on them certain beliefs and value systems and so on and so on. I mean, predominantly, not to get very religious, but religion throughout human history for the furthest degree or the, for the most part has been used as a form of control. Yeah. It was never adopted in order to empower people. It was always some emperor who saw, for example, in ancient Rome, who sold the power of Christianity that decided to implement it because it will unite all these different tribes and entities that were part of the Roman Empire but had nothing common in between them to give them that same sense of identity. So they feel that all are now Romans. They belong to the Romans. So they're going to propel the Roman idea philosophy forward versus being like, oh, I still we want to go back to our freedom of being this separate country or tribe or entity that exists on its own. But to get back to where we started with the question, <laughs> everybody, everybody is here on a, on a journey that propels them to this inner realization. However, the journey that the interesting fact is, and most of most people have no evidence for that because of their, let's put it this way, in, undeveloped yet spiritual faculties that will give them evidence for past lives you know in some buddhist cultures and so on are called reincarnations or rebirths and so on because we don't only live or exist once mm. yes the body dies at the end of the life but this essence that we are this knowing of what we truly are that we exist being self-conscious and so on this this goes on this goes on it goes on until it reaches the ultimate realization, awareness, awakening, whatever you want to call it, like in, in, in your terms, right? Mm -hmm. There's many words for that, sure. enlightenment or, right? But each and every soul is on their unique journey. The key is to choose to, to do or to follow that journey or that rabbit hole intentionally instead of waiting for life to propel you to do so. Because most people are sleepwalking through life, and usually the catalyst for this awakening is some very traumatic event. Yes. It's very rare that they just stumble upon this great book and all of a sudden or they listen to something and they really resonate with it. It's usually something traumatic that kind of like slaps them real hard in the face or they have to face their issues. Mm -hmm. and start looking for answers in other places than they normally are used to or the sources they're used to listening to. And obviously, this, it, it has benefits when this happens, but why wait until your life gets so fucked up, mm -hmm. excuse, right? Yep. Excuse my French, to actually start doing something on these inner planes where you gain evidence of your infinite potential and your eternal existence and how to put it into words uh, imperishable state mm. so to speak sure. right you can only know i can share we can talk about these things forever but unless you have your direct experiences that will give you evidence for this it's just a belief and it's great to believe in these thought type of beliefs because they're empowering beliefs they're not beliefs so you know to me, it's always like first, when you have no direct experience of something, you have to believe. And mm -hmm. the critical point is to have empowering beliefs or to sort of speak and put it in other terms or analogy is to install the software that will 
to <laughs> make you capable or empower you to run specific progress. Sure. So you installing this software being the belief now, like, I mean, how much more empowering is for you to believe that after this lifetime is over, right? You're going to have another one to continue to do this work. So you, you're not just stuck in this one existence where you have to like get it all done and live with this anxiety that time is running out. You're getting old. You haven't achieved this. You haven't achieved that. Or you don't whatever it is that you're striving for, right? Because time has only one purpose and this is to pass. And I'm not going to get much deeper into that, but just to give you an idea, time is an illusion. Mm. It's little illusion that only exists because we have two capacities of the mind. One is to recall the past. So what happened just the moment before and to fantasize about what could be in the future. And because of that, we have this sense of passing time. The truth, the reality is that there is eternal duration. And when you start living in the moment, as some people, this popular term as being in the present moment, you are in this eternal duration because you're no longer thinking about the past, fantasizing about the future and so on. You're just being aware of this eternal duration or this moment that just it, gets, it keeps on and keeps on until you at least <laughs> are capable of maintaining this sense of awareness of you existing and things unfolding, right? But to wrap up this question, because again, it's, it's a very interesting question. It's everybody at the right time will get the nudge they need. Now, my advice is don't wait for life to like punch you in the face until you realize there's something more to life than, you know, pursuing the material accolades and all that kind of stuff. Because what I'm going to share with you right now is that you're never going to find out, find what you're looking for out there, out there, because it does not exist. The only place where you're going to find it is within. And the sooner you begin this journey within and understand what you truly are in your essence, yeah. the more vibrant, rich, and better your life will become. And when I mean rich, not so much in, in uh, aff uh, affluential, like material terms, but you just, the, the, the richer your experience would be because you'll start to see the magic in everything because there's magic in everything. The, the reason why, you know, when you compare a little kid, how easy it is for a little child when you say something that revolves around magic or this will happen, oh, they, they right away, don't, they don't doubt it, right? No hesitation. Great example. Yeah, exactly. It, it's same with, I mean, that's why we all believe in Santa Claus until we discover that there is no Santa Claus or there is, but not in the, in the sense we thought it was. But sure. everything is magical. And once you experience and see the magic, you no longer look in the world in this like very like dull way with this you know there's me and everything out there there's the environment like what is environment like the very fact where we find ourselves nowadays with you know with these concerns about uh, climate change sustainability and all these things well if you have the sense of you see the magic and you see how everything in you is part of the same kind of game we called life you have more respect for it you no longer see it as an environment that you're going to be utilizing and exploiting to your own benefit of consumption or whatever it is, economic uh, profitability and this and that, you're going to have more respect. You like, you're going to cherish it. Sure. It becomes something that you cherish. It becomes a place where you feel at home. Doesn't matter if you're, you know, in your shelter, which I call the home, right? Mm -hmm. Because in the, the, 
the the not so the environment but the nature nature in itself is our home when you look at human evolution all of throughout human evolution the forming millions of years from what science has proven and or at least shows in the evidence in, in the fossil records and so on and it has all been we've been in direct synergy with the nature around us versus disconnected living in those like man-made shelters and living in this life where it's almost you you have this level of anxiety right like oh there's the nature out there and it's like we need to tame nature and all these things and create these uh dysfunctional relationship with nature versus looking at what it is nature comes from nurture sure. right it's what nurture is because the nature wasn't able to produce the food that feeds our bodies well i have news for you not not many of us going to be here <laughs> right yeah. there's uh, there's certain degree of uh of uh, deepening of your experience that happens once you start to develop on the level once you start to look underneath so to speak the 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 front uh the underneath what runs the engine so to speak like on your car mm-hmm. like if you had own a car if you never look at the hood and yep. look at the engine bay it's kind of like it drives itself and so on but until you open it it's feel like wow what's going on behind this nice little wrapper on the outside that you just get to see and drive like you start to little by little to comprehend that there's so much going on behind it sure that gives birth to what we perceive so it's, i encourage everybody to be very curious and there's no one path that one can follow the the truth is is whatever you resonate with at that moment whatever that you feel really strongly pulled towards to explore it just don't keep it on the intellectual level always go and practice this find out whatever the the practical methods or technology or way about doing it is whether it's meditation whether it's breath work there's so many modalities out there just go and experiment with it sure sure wowzers follow up question for you so if you're saying that the world like you um, a reincarnation until you basically uh, upon this journey until you are fully enlightened basically does that mean humans such as like the Dalai Lama when you know they're they're considered to be fully enlightened they live this is an entire life of servitude in teaching this and like fully enlightened so when they physically die do they have they reached the place that you're talking about or are they still reincarnated and are people reincarnated for all of eternity? Well, I would be able to answer this question once I'm uh, part of that family, so to speak, of perfected souls. Sure. As in, in the Western world, what would, you know, what would be the translation of bodhisattva or a diamond soul or all these uh, terms that are known out there and whether it's in Buddhist or Hindu and so on and so on but we uh, the, from my understanding right from my understanding my personal experience this essence of what we are it never you can you can always come back however the the distinction is whether you come here by choice or it's intentional for you to come back or it's uh 
uh, what's the other word? Um, like it's based on just causes that you have put forward. So it's not by your free will, but you suck back into it because of your, predominantly speaking, it's desires. Mm. It's desire that brings unfulfilled desires, things that you haven't fulfilled yet, that you strongly want to fulfill on this plane that keeps on bringing the soul, at least in this physical reincarnation or existence or experience here on planet Earth. Mm. Now, there are other realms past that where one, let's say, this, I like to use this analogy. This here is like a elementary school. So Earth is a elementary school. Once you graduate from Earth, you go to a universe, university or a cosmic university where you can function at a higher level, at a higher position. But that requires, because part of what this journey is all about, really one of the hardest part, because the, the meditation part and all these things, they're not so hard, right? Once you build a discipline, it's like everything else. You just show up, you do the work. But the biggest or the hardest part of the work is where you really dissolve the ego to the degree where it's no longer selfish, but you become concerned with the greater good. So there's no longer any selfish desires or needs for you to fulfill it all. You own, the only thing you're concerned with is how you can be a service. Sure. And as you mentioned earlier, a lot of these souls that come back, they have the choice to come back. They come because they want to serve, because this is part of the journey. They've reached that state. Maybe, who knows, <laughs> they maybe got bored of existing at those higher planes. They want some more action or some more contrast, to put it this way, on this plane where there's great contrast. So they're like, okay, I am you know, have these capabilities. Why not come and serve, sure. right? The, again, this once you've developed this within you, where you more con now say more concerned, but your main concern and what the the value or uh, priority that drives your decisions and will is to be of service to others, and that comes from a place also realizing to a certain degree that there is no you, there is no other, there is no separation. It's all the same thing expressing through different vehicles or to use the analogy of the ocean, you see all these on a on a stormy day or a day when there's a lot of a, a lot of motion and a lot of waves. You see all these little waves forming, 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 but they form, they peak, they trough, they disappear back into the ocean. To use that analogy, you know, we all and everything we see is that like little waves forming on top of the ocean, but it's the ocean underneath that unites it all. If you sure. take the wave out of the ocean, there is no wave, right? Right. So it's this one thing that gives birth through these various expressions to many degrees in a fractal structure throughout the universe. And we all get to play and to serve and to experience. And again, there's no right or wrong, good or bad in the sense of it's all relative here. It just we all got to do the work. At the end of the day, it comes down to really like whether you want to graduate from school, I would say earlier, but on time or you want to fail school many, many times, keep on coming back and failing or or get stuck in high school because it's so much fun. Yeah, it was fun to a certain degree, but once you realize the limitations of this of this uh, uh, of this context, you want to move on. You want to sure. naturally 
you want to know what's next and not just what's next but you want to live this what's next not just have an understanding of it so and grow it really comes down to this exactly exactly because there is once you start again working on these uh inner planes and you build this level of self-awareness because part of this this process is for you to awaken develop and strengthen your self-awareness and not just within yourself but outside of yourself the moment you become self-aware or self-conscious or whatever terms you want to put it or some another popular term nowadays is mindful sure right live live in this mindful place you start to notice within your experience all the sensations all these things that pass through whether it's thoughts whether it's sensations whether it's feelings and so on and so on and you reach a point when you understand that you've saturated your experience from the perspective that you know you experience anything everything within this specific uh, extreme duality let's say everything that if we're talking about food from food that are extremely sweet to foods that are extremely sour. Mm. Right? Once you've saturated your taste buds, you've tasted all the tastes in between, and then you've, you know, touched all the different <laughs> soft and hard sure, textures, uh, textures or, or yeah, elements or whatever, whatever it is, or you've seen all the colors in the rainbow, and, you know, you heard all the noises you can possibly hear with your ears, you realize that okay well my experience can never go further than that like i've experienced all i can experience now the only thing i can experience is those different different blends of those different senses to a certain degree so if you're somebody who's living from the place you like okay well this was kind of cool but what else is it right <laughs> you get bored of this like existence just stimulating these limited senses. Sure. And you obviously, as you practice and you're experiencing open different dimensions to experience that are not experienced through the senses, now you start to see how limited and even though there's, again, pleasure to them, pleasure and suffering, they go hand in hand. You cannot have pleasure without suffering. Mm -hmm. You understand that you can either choose to live or mostly inhabit this this plane or state where your experience will always oscillate between happiness, sorrow, boredom, and kind of like temporary state of peace or contentment for, you know, I guess maybe for a moment there. Or you can anchor yourself in that state where it's a permanent state of, of, of peace, of bliss, of contentment. Mm-hmm. It's a place where you 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 no longer are concerned with whether you are, have arrived or who you are, what you have, and all these like labels. None of that exists there at that in that space. Like you basically you know you are everything is fine, and no matter how your life unfolds and what challenges or circumstances might be thrown your way, even if you, you let's say you have to shed your body or you lose somebody very dear to you in your life, you know that this is not the end. Right. It's just the end of, to put another analogy or metaphor, is the end of this actor playing this role in this specific part of the movie. 
Mm. So they play their role. Their role is over. It's kind of like maybe your favorite TV show or a movie you're watching. You know, an actor is just role in the movie is over, he maybe dies or he just disappears from the scenes and no longer seen again. Sure. And come back later and in another later time in different movie or the the natural progression of this movie to play a different role. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it just Oh, yeah, it's quite fascinating. Yes, <laughs> quite oh my fascinating. gosh. It's, it's such a big topic. It's, um, it, it is so fascinating. But what I love most is that all of the people that I talk to about this, whether it be on a podcast or just in passing or at a meditation retreat or whatever it is that I've been doing, it's, it's all the same thing. They all say the same thing, which is, but it's not something that I feel is generally taught like you said the people that I've encountered have usually experienced this firsthand and described the same stuff instead of reading it from you know like a book I guess which brings me to the next topic I've I got two questions for you so the first one is that you on your um, bio it says that you specialize or you have a certain passion a deep um, a deep calling to help men specifically Tell me about, I mean, do you only work with helping men reach their potential or is that just kind of your, your, your niche, what you're drawn to? Well, it's, it's both because uh, I can only speak, I like to speak from experience. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's a lot of books I've read and so on and so on. But in this lifetime, and at least from what I can recall in my mm-hmm. capacity right now to recall past lifetimes, I've only lived in male body, so I only know the specific of the male body, how it functions physiologically speaking, psychologically speaking, and so on and so on. So if I have to be absolutely honest and transparent, you know, I, there's certain things being that I never had, a, or at least in this lifetime, to compare and see, mm-hmm. to translate my Experience and my know-how of the different techniques and so on and so on, how they function and affect the whole physiology and psychology and so on. It's very hard for me to speak from direct experience when it comes down to women because there are very many things that are unique about women that we men don't experience and the other way around, mm-hmm. right? So when it comes down to men, I can relate to them better because it just I, I've been a man for all I know. Sure. <laughs> so, sure. Yeah, that makes and sense. I again, walks down this path or uh, explore the furthest boundaries of human potential when that when it comes down to living in a male body and mm. with the limitations or the or the pros and cons that it brings upon. Right? There's just different ways that we wired mm-hmm. and it's not like one is better, the other is worse. It's just they're unique physiological, biological, and yeah. psychological traits of each. So sure. to be absolutely transparent and also to be coming from this place of direct experience, I can only speak truly from my truth to men. Okay. Like, yeah. Because I just, again, I don't know what uh, young women go through their puberty or when a woman mm-hmm. is pregnant and so on and all these. And I know chemically speaking, the, 
the chemistry when it comes down to the hormonal balance and the, and so on and so on is very different, which affects how we function and the thoughts and emotions and so on. So unless I, you know, I guess maybe I put myself through some hormonal like treatment with some uh, estrogen or something like that, sure. <laughs> it's going to be very hard for me to come even like close to what would it be to really have this experience, right? And I only like to speak from experience. Sure. Hence why I choose to speak or to, to work with men, plus I can relate with them better. The way we will communicate and understand each other is, a, is, is easy. I would say easier, just more natural. Yeah. And I've worked with women before when it comes down to coaching them to, to a certain degree that not necessarily goes into to the more holistic approach of things, even though what I can teach someone or what I can coach them would help them. It just, when it comes down to men, it's way more fine tuned and goes into the nitty gritty details. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with that, then you have made your living per se monetary. Cause of course, you know, most of us do need money in order to, you know, it's just a resource. It's just like food, like water, whatever money is a resource to us. And you, you make your living financially by coaching primarily, I believe. Or do you do something in addition? I know you're, you're, we're going to talk about your book next, but is it is it coaching your main thing or do you have, is it more in, in depth? Well, mainly coaching when it comes down to, to being compensated for, for my value or the value that I offer to my clients, mainly coaching. I'd also invest in, in certain different assets, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it's, uh, you know, crypto or stock markets or whatever it is. But generally speaking, when it comes down to being directly compensated for, for, for the value I offer, it's through the coaching and I'm been getting more into speaking and so on nowadays and putting the, about to launch my first book uh-huh. very soon uh, and also working on some products i've been working on a startup before that i put on the back burner uh-huh. because it was i won't say too early but it just certain technologies weren't yet in place where now with the crypto and the nfts i see a lot uh, a greater not just monetization but adaptation and just like it fits better in the context given those technologies that are now more prevalent and available and people are knowledgeable of. So I'm working on multiple things, but coaching would be my primary concern because I really enjoy it. Plus when you work with somebody individually, it's what allows you to really, because everybody's different in a sense of everybody's journey is unique. Everybody's, even though let's say the underlying cause might be the same, the symptoms are different. The way this person uh, process information, the way they go about things is different. So it exposes you to various degrees or uh, distinctions in the process when you help people. And the more people you help in this individual, highly individual state, the more you learn how you, you can discover the, the commonalities in between of them all. So you can, just like in my book, you can distill something to where you know this is universal. This will work with every for every person it's not like uh it's not like pres- the prescription that the doctor gives you that is pres- personalized to you it will work for everybody as long as you you put it into practice mm. okay awesome 
Very, very good. Tell me about your book. I'm so excited. What is it? What's the title? When are you expecting it to launch? The book is called Superb, mm. Men's Ultimate Guide to Holistic Well-Being. And within the book, I have distilled all of my knowledge that I've over the years perfected and in a form that anyone who's interested moving from, let's say, having a, just a normal existence, have an extraordinary existence where they live in this permanent state of well-being on each and every holistic state of well-being. And it's not something that they need to achieve or do in a sense like they don't need to be more than they already are. Mm. So if, wherever you are, I give you the tools to work on the six, what I call the six pillars of holistic well-being. My book is built upon my system called the cube because the cube has six dimensions. If we look at a cube or a square, mm. three-dimensional square, there are six dimensions to it, right? And the six, six pillars upon which one can intentionally exercise or work out from the inside out, as I like to say, mm. and start working and building these dimensions to what I call their own Garden of Eden. Instead of trying to go out there and take a sniff of a flower, they can have their own Garden of Eden happening within mm -hmm. and from that place go out into the world and do great things because now you're tapping into literally unlimited potential that you have as a spiritual being that is going <laughs> through a men's life or a woman's life or having this this existence in a human vehicle, mm. right? Because the the to so to give a summary, the six dimensions or the six pillars within my book and my system and my philosophy, the fundamental one is the soul, the spirit, or or the true essence. Mm -hmm. Once until we really and I mean like really know through direct experience what we truly are our life is driven by anxiety yeah. because the only thing dri driving our driving our existence is this false sense of self or the ego the conditioned mind mm -hmm. which knows very well on the subconscious level that it's time is limited it's running out and eventually it's gonna perish it's mm -hmm. a perishable product it's like it has a due date like the milk you buy from the store Sure. And you, when you live from that place, all your decisions, all your values are very skewed towards survival, towards competition, towards acting in, let's put it this way, not optimal ways for your well-being going forward. And once you realize through direct experience giving you the tools of how to go about it, what you truly are and start living from this place and developing this deeper sense of self-awareness where you can feel and know what's happening within you from a moment-to-moment -moment basis from the slightest sensation to the most uh, obvious feeling and so on so you can fine-tune your process you can fine-tune yourself that this uh, delineation point where you can no longer go and live like the way you did before and just unconscious and just humanly so to speak way that it's just this more evolved, so to speak, monkey that is still grasping for its survival. You start to live from a different place. Now, the next pillar within this 
within the system is intuition or that spiritual faculty that we all have, but it's a latent potential. And some people, it's more developed than others. But more generally speaking, it's not consciously or intentionally developed. It's not developed in a systematic way where you go about it. It, it comes and goes, comes and goes. And intuition, just to, to put it into simple words, is intuition or your inner guiding system. The, the, the only way to reach truth or to know of truth or to know of higher truths. Because the mind is useful or the rationale, right, intellect, ration, logic, they're all very useful tools, but they are tools that can only cut and separate between things. They don't see the unity between things because they only revolve or are based upon the data that comes through the senses. So sure. in there, just due to that fact, they're very limited to the to the the access of information they have to make decisions upon. And intuition is this place that allows you to know directly about anything you want to know when, once it's developed and to perceive and have direct experience of these higher realms sure. of, of truth that is beneath what the senses can demonstrate. The next pillar after that is energy or understanding how the whole, not just the 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 bio, the biological, so to speak, energy in the in the cells in the self works, so you can mm -hmm. use your energy in the most optimal and undepletable way. But also how to go beyond that, the finer realms of energy, of everything being energy, and how to actually bring this energy upon you, or how to expand it, how to amplify it. So let's say you are less. Uh, you attract into your world the things you want, right? Many people have heard of the law of attraction yep. and so on and so on, or certain, uh, how, let's say, the chakras or the etheric bodies and all these manifestations, different degrees. Uh, of, there's many levels of application or utility one can put towards, but understanding really how to, to manage your energy in the body, what really works, what doesn't, what it's designed to do and what it's not designed to do. And obviously, to how to bring more of this energy to connect to this energy that is always there on demand. You can have access to it at will. It's just the problem is that, again, we are conditioned to look for something outside of us to give mm -hmm. us a feeling or make us do certain things with it, sure. which is, cannot be further from the truth. And once you start to experiment with certain things, whether it's fasting, whether it's, uh, you know, non-sleeping for days and so on and so on, just so you have direct experience of those things for yourself and evidence, you start to see how, how a lot of these beliefs or, you know, scientific evidence out there, all of it is false, or at least it's not as, as, uh, as, uh, supported by evidence or proven to be an undeniable fact because once you have access to these higher realms, again, when you develop these latent potentials within yourself, you start to tap to things that are not accessible to the normal human beings because you basically, or to that person, is just something that doesn't even exist. And just the belief that something is possible for you gives you a capability to do it to a certain degree. Maybe you're not going to be an expert, 
sure. but it's going to allow you to do certain things because it's limiting beliefs majority of the time on the psychological level that are limiting us to what we think is possible for us, right? Mm. And the things we pursue or try to do in our lives. So coming from this place, but not asking you to believe, but giving you tools that you can go ahead and experiment and you can see what this thing called energy is about. You can feel, feel it so, so, so like palpably in your body. You cannot it, any longer refute it for what it is. Right. Like you cannot clearly see it, touch it or describe it, but you know, it's there, you know, it's, you know, affecting you in so many ways. And then the next pillar would be the mind, because what I like to call the mind or use this analogy or metaphor as the GPS, mm. right? We use our, now once we've developed to a certain degree, our intuition, we can tap into it. We use it as the, as the guidance system or where we make the decisions from what, tells us what is true, what isn't, what should we pursue, and so on and so on, how we should go about our life, our purpose, who we choose to be our friends with, and so on and so on. Once we know what we want to do, and this decision has been made on that soul deeper level versus our past conditioning through our upbringing, and so on, we use the mind as this, like, to use this analogy of Google Maps. You know where you're at, you know where you want to go, you tap it in, it'll give you the directions, sure. so to speak. So the mind is, is, is this absolutely amazing tool that we all have, but most of the times it's working against us because we've, again, through conditioning for a longest of time, most people fall into the trap of imagining worst case scenarios, right? Or beating themselves down or always functioning in this very ineffective and destructive, self-destructive ways. And in order to do the opposite, just like a little puppy, because the mind is, you can use the analogy of a puppy, you have to train it, right? If you don't, if you want your puppy not to potty everywhere, you have to potty train it. Right. <laughs> if we use this as analogy. You have to pattern training and you have to put the time to condition your mind to function in a specific way where it functions for you. When it's no longer functioning for its own self and its own, uh, <laughs> for its own satisfaction, because the mind is, is, is a very interesting uh, tool. Let's put it this way. It can almost like nowadays with artificial intelligence, it can turn, turn against on its inventor or its creator or its owner, so to speak. If it's been, uh, programs or uh, instructed in the wrong way. Okay. So knowing how to use the mind, how to navigate this, this minefield of the mind and really set it up to function in a specific way, install the software and hopefully delete <laughs> a lot of the old software that's not helping you to get where you want to go now when, when you know where you want to go and to throw the other ones the next one would be the emotions and how to actually generate at will any emotions you want to feel. And so you can take and shower yourself with whatever heightened emotional state you want at will and obviously being able to diffuse any stress, anxiety or anything like that that comes into your experience and how to work through it instead of suppressing it and sure. denying it and so on, which... And uh, unfortunately leads to 
to great degree of all these like chronic diseases that are out there nowadays in the Western world or terminal diseases. Mm -hmm. Most of these are actually caused on the emotional level because you're just not incapable of processing and letting go of certain emotions and you keep on holding to them and to use this other metaphor and analogy, it's like, you know, if somebody hurts you at some point in past times, right, and you still haven't forgiven this person and you have, like, some negative connotation or thoughts about this person and so on, it's like like literally drinking poison and hoping that this other person mm -hmm. will, will, mm -hmm. <laughs> will be affected by it, right? Because all these emotions that we feel, when we look on the biological level, they lead to the production or the secretion of certain hormones. And all of these hormones have purposes, but the ones that are related to or are secreted when we experience in prolonged states some negative emotions, they're very detrimental to the body. They're literally like, you know, going into a, radi a radioactive, like, uh, disposal place maybe like Chernobyl or something like that and spending time there and thinking it's good for you so to speak <laughs> sure sure so that's the the next uh, pillar and the final one is is the body or the physical dimension and how to really build this body to be the optimal structure or vehicle that allows you to have the most unimpeded in any way shape or form experience because as we all age and we know, you know, once until you're 30, most people don't really like take their health for yeah. like value their health or appreciate it or look at it as, as an asset. But once you pass your 30s and depending on your lifestyle and so on, you start to realize, oh, you know, <laughs> maybe I should be doing things differently or taking care of myself better. Right. right. To, so to how to optimize the vehicle. So it's, youthful, vital, mobile, and strong for, for the longest of time. So you can have longevity, but instead of being this 100-year-old person who's like on 30 prescription drugs with mm. pains here and this and there, you can be 100 years old dancing and smiling, right? right? Because what's the point of longevity if you're not healthy and enjoying your existence? It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like prolonging your suffering is, is not that great, right? So that's kind of like what my book is about and the different uh, pillars or points that address this and provides you with the tools and strategies to really make this part of your reality and a direct experience versus just a nice idea that you kind of read about and you feel inspired about. Sure. Um, not a man, but I'm going to read it anyway. It sounds amazing. It sounds like it's something that men in current current day need need the information I think it's awesome that you're doing that I feel like self-help is often and I'll just use that over lying term but seems like self-help tends to be directed at females so strongly you know commercial type of stuff I don't feel like there's as much information out there that's directed specifically at men so um, hats off to you I think that's amazing and um, yeah I'm, I'm excited to read it what's your launch date estimated the launch date estimate is, I would say, late June, maybe oh. late end of June or something of that nature. I already wrote the book. I'm just rewriting it and just making it even better to, to make it easier for people to read. And uh, because it's all about, again, the transformation that you will 
experience by going and applying what I have to share. It's not so much of me putting the book out. The easiest thing, is, the easiest thing to do is to put the book out and just more of rewriting things and just improving as we go. Plus, as my journey goes and I continue to expand my consciousness and my experience, I can talk from a much deeper and with a greater level of distinctions and have various uh, levels of depth because the book is not a one-time read. It's every time you read it, let's say every six months you read it, you're going you're gonna to pick up on new things you didn't Based on notice before. Be- exactly. Not just experiences. You just were not open to them yet. So mm. you just, you know, you basically you read through these things, but they don't resonate because yet you have no nothing to relate to them in, in your not just experience, but understanding. And as we grow, we start to see the many various degrees of distinction. Sure. which is where the as the expression the popular expression is the devil is in the details mm, mm-hmm. so very good so it really comes down to those little things so being that you know the book will catch anyone wherever they are in that journey of self-help personal development or what i would love to to call like working towards becoming the best expression of yourself you can possibly be because this is one of the the greatest uh, purpose that we have in life or one of the greatest missions that we have because we have this lifetime, well, might as well make it a great example for others to follow and all these in our vicinity that we have influence over because, you know, what else can we do that would have a good impact going forward? We can only lead by example. A lot of people want to be this, want to be that, but when it comes down to their way of being their actions the way they are truly are in their life you know they put this persona to on on media and all this and that but when you're around them is really when you see who and how they are and if you cannot be this great example then obviously you are in one way or another not not propelling consciousness humanity and mm. you know culture to what it could potentially be because we can, through technology and innovation, we can make our life extremely convenient. But a lot of these things that require for you to grow, they, they, they necessitate that you face discomfort. It's not about comfort. It's about really making yourself sometimes very discomfortable and embracing that discomfort, this place of uncertainty and living from that place and, and, not only living, but thriving from that place because consumerism, it's all about comfort and consumption. Sure. And the only way to disconnect or cut the cord, so to speak, to where you're no longer plugged in in the matrix or whatever term you want to use is to one way or another start on purpose and intentionally make yourself uncomfortable when you know this is good for you because all of these good habits, whether it's taking a cold shower, awaken very early so you can do these things or have time to do these things, they're very uncomfortable. Or fasting, for example, at the beginning is is very uncomfortable. But once you see the benefits and how you and your functioning in life is dramatically improved, you're like, wow, you know. At first, I thought, and everybody was telling me this and this and that, and now, like, I cannot even think about going back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Martin, for the sake of time, I like to try to keep this to an hour to respect your time, and um, 
I just want to make sure I'm going to put this in the show notes, but where can listeners find you online if they're interested in learning more about you or signing up for coaching and then just so they can follow your book launch? Sure, sure. Absolutely. Well, my you can just directly go to my website, which is martinchristov.com. But obviously, I'm a for the spelling sake, it's going to be a little bit hard. The best thing to do, really, if you're interested and curious about my work, is just go to superbfreegift.com. This is the website I have launched for a very special offer I have right now, only during pre-order of the book, where you can pre-order the book, get it what I call the ultimate bundle. So you get the book in print on digital as an audio book. And I'm also, for free, just because you pre-ordered my book and want to really learn and apply this material, hopefully I'm going to include you for free in my group live coaching program that's going to take place once the book launches for a group of people. It's a value of over $2,000 to actually work with me on that level just in a group coaching, but I'll help you to really put into practice these techniques, these strategies to make them part of your experience and to have the direct experience where you no longer need to believe in certain things. So you can just directly know how they are and how they transform your everyday life. And from then on, what possibilities exist for you going forward versus where you were or where you are today. So just go to superbfreebook.com, pre-order the book. It'll be the, the best investment you have ever made in your personal development if this is something that you're interested in. Or maybe if you just want to sound intelligent <laughs> to your friends and have a lot of a lot of good ideas to share, well that that's another reason to buy it and just at least go through go through what I am suggesting in the book and entertain it. Who knows? Maybe it'll strike, the, you know, it'll light up a fire with you and all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, I want to try this and put it into practice and see what happens, right? Yes, that sounds amazing. I'm scrolling through right now looking at the this. The book's beautiful and gosh, you, you're getting a really huge value. I'm going to peek at it right now and um, I hope listeners do the same. I'll make sure that I put all of the information in the show notes and Martin, thank you so much for your time, your energy and all of this work that you've done th- like towards this topic. I can't get over how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for now? well-spoken, I guess. You're very well-spoken and it's very easy to follow and understand the con- these very, very, very complex topic that you broke down so beautifully. So thank you so, so much for doing that for us. It's it's a great pleasure and honor again, too. And it's always a great joy. I, I can talk about these topics all day. <laughs> like, to me, that's why I've like, you know, you say an hour or whatever it is to me. It's like, hey, for as long as if somebody's listening or I can be of value and they inspire you to really go and look into those uh, little rabbit holes that nobody's actually encouraging you to do so. You're going to be surprised what you discover there because, again, it's all happening within. And once you learn to fine-tune your within or mm-hmm. you know how to – where the where, where the settings are, just like on your smartphone, when you know how to set it up for your own thing, so it's really working in the best possible way for you, man, life becomes so much sweeter and better. It's not even funny. It's just, it, you know, the term you use, self-help, is really like all-encompassing because yeah. everything 
within our experiences help help. Most of the mm-hmm. time though, we don't know that we are the ones causing all the nonsense in our life. And when I say self help, it's not just in, in in positive connotation, but you know, we create everything within our experience. It's all cause and effect. It's being empowered or armed with the tools that allow you to understand what specific effects certain causes or activities bring upon you where you can choose or have a better educated choice of whether you want to continue to cause these effects to yourself or you want to start doing something different that will produce more of the effects consistently that you want to experience. Right. Lean more towards the pleasure rather than the pain. (laughs) Well, to to a certain degree, again, I mean, pleasure could be great, right? You know, being high on drugs can be a great pleasure, but certainly not long term. (laughs) Something that would encourage or advise everybody. Just having finding the balance and obviously outgrowing this uh, this uh, attraction and repulsion from pleasure and pain Mm. because pain has. It has a it has a purpose in our life. It's there to tell us that certain things we are doing is either no good or we should stay away or we should become more resilient. Because mm-hmm. uh, to a certain degree, success in no matter what we pursue in life again will require for us to tolerate a certain degree of uncertainty, a certain degree of discomfort, and a certain degree of pain. And this is what just like a mother that gives birth, she has, like, giving birth, I'm sure it's one of the most painful and kind of, like, the unpleasant experiences from the physiological perspective, what a mother goes through, mm-hmm. but it brings life into the world. So it's a great example how, you know, there's certain degree of pain that is involved every time we want to create something that is so beautiful and so valuable, right? Yes. Whether it's within us or out in the world and so on, right? A lot of the times when we are beliefs, values, and philosophy is, is something that is not in, in alignment with the popular opinion and so on. We have to have the, the strength to the resilience to withstand all the ridicule, all the nonsense that the, the you know, the populace or society will throw at us just to try to put us down so we don't continue to pursue these things. But as when you look in history, all these people that people recall really and look up into, whether it's uh, whether it's the the in in India, uh, what was his uh, name? I, I'm blanking out right now, but uh, uh, oh man. That's okay. You you have not blanked out once this whole time. So that's, we forget. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, uh, well, the 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 men in uh, this, the loin cloided men. Uh, oh man. All right. Uh, well, all these great names in history, whether it was you know even in a religious terms, right, and, and whether it's Jesus, whether it's anything through this, they went through very painful experiences, so they can really be that example for others to see, right? Jesus, for example, allowed or permitted him to be crucified on a cross where in his abilities as a spiritually realized saint and master, he could have destroyed like, probably the whole of the city with a snap. 
Mm-hmm. But he went through this whole experience of being crucified to set an example, not in the sense of what you can tolerate or what you can go through when you start living from this place, when you know what you truly are, mm-hmm. versus being again in this limited, perishable sense of consciousness or, or conditioned existence that revolves between, again, anxieties and so on and so on. But in, I, I'm. I think everybody's uh, getting the idea where I'm going with this. It's again, there is no pleasure without pain. Pain only exists because we know pain. Mm. You know, in this existence here, it's all within the contrast. We only know what hot is because we know what it's cold. We only know what a sweet is because we know what it's sour. And the funniest thing is, if you want to experience more of one, you just need to contrast to a greater contrast. So if I was to like. Let's say I'm going to have something sweet for dessert, but I want to make it extra sweet. What I'm going to do before eating it, I'm going to go and eat something, a little bit of something very, very bitter or sour. And then when I eat that sweet stuff, man, this is going to be like 10 times more sweeter. Mm. So it's the same with with that. When we have to go through a certain degree of pain, discomfort, and uncertainty in order to reach a point that the, the degree of satisfaction, the degree of happiness, of joy, knowing what you've been through and the contrasting it to this it's it's absolutely amazing and it's what allows us to have what i like to call a high definition experience versus this yes like standard definition uh more monochromatic life sure (laughs) yeah that's that's a good description Okay, Martin, I've got to shut her down here. We've, uh, we're going to get ready to clock out, but I really want to say thank you again for all of your time. Your passion is so obvious. I'm very excited. I'm going to get on here and pre-order your book myself. Um, I'm a big gifter of books, so, so this will be an awesome one to pass forward. And, yeah, I'll be looking forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. Again, it was a great pleasure, Tracy. Thank you for having me on the show. And uh, bless you, everybody that's been listening. All I'm going to say is don't give up on discovering what lies beyond within you because you're never going to find out there out there something <laughs> that great that would really, really, like, I would say 10x your life, but really it in, enhance every aspect of your existence. It, it only can happen within. So don't don't give up on yourself in the most literal terms. Don't give up on yourself. Don't pursue the things that one day you'll have to give away. Sure. Pursue this, which will always be part of your experience. Awesome. Well said. Thank you, Martin. Thanks for listening. For more on this guest, simply check the show notes. Like what you hear? Please subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Together, we can grow and inspire.